You bring a slapstick to a gunfight on this, the day of this gun in my hand? pantry in the second floor office above the Abandando Olive Oil Company. There's a guy to see you, Mr. Howard. He says his name is Falk Zildjian. Yeah, yeah, intractable hero by virtue of the fact that he carries a gun. Let him in. Mr. Howard will see you now. Thank you. Jerry, this can't be good if Falk Zildjian wants to see you. Ah, let him come. We can take him. Boys, boys, if Falk Zildjian thought we was crooks, would he ask Roberta if we was in? No, he'd bust in through the back window with guns blazing. What can we do for you, Mr. Siljan? I'm here to stop a war between the Howard crew and Regina, the queen pin of crime. Oh, a wise guy is what you think I am. I don't know who you've been talking to. We import some olive oil. We got some interest in a few restaurants around Parabellum City. We're legitimate businessmen. Yeah, we're legitimate. So legitimate you each have a half dozen false names. Jerome Horowitz, head of the family, real name... Yehuda Liebbar Shlomo Natan Halavi. Excuse me if I pronounced that wrong. You got it close enough, but I legally changed my name to the angelicized version, Jerome Howard. Why does a legitimate businessman like yourself need a vice this big attached to your desk? It was a gift from a judge. We use it for cracking walnuts. It's big enough to fit a human head inside. Sometimes we use it for coconuts. Unless I miss my mark, this is your brother Moshe. Does that mean muscle in Yiddish? Or is it all in his head? Why, I oughta... And this third fellow must be your wartime consigliere, Louis Feinberg. I go by Larry, but yeah, I guess you got us pegged. At least our names. Anyhow, you don't understand our business. Sure, we hire some muscle. That's just to defend our food service operations from competitors and outside agitators. Our real moneymaker isn't olive oil. It's the pie shop, patisserie par avion. What's that, French? From your accent, I thought you were pretending to be Italian. When you want to scare people out of your territory, you sound Italian. When you want to sell delicate pastries, you sound French. What's the avian part mean? Chicken pot pies? No, it's pa avian. Pastries by airmail. It started off as a joke. We needed a cheap sauce for all the pies we were putting in faces. But it turns out rich people are willing to pay a premium for speedy delivery of quality pies. They were taking us literally, so we tweaked our business plan and filled that niche. We even had a costume superhero working as a delivery boy. He'd fly the pies straight to your door. Well, he could leap over tall buildings. I wouldn't call that flying. Anyway, he got a better offer and went national. I wanted to get another guy who could fly to replace him, but Moe's scared of superheroes. I ain't scared of nothing or nobody. It's just confusing when they got a whole bedsheet tied around the neck and it whips in your face. You can't tell where to punch or shoot. They made a movie about Moe being afraid of superheroes. It's called Cape Fear. Is that the one with Mitchum or De Niro? It's the one with Gregory Peck. The one with Gregory Peck is the one with Mitchum, you numbskull. That's another one of your business ventures, isn't it? Showbiz. I remember seeing you three in a comedy short at the matinee in between chapters of Spy Smasher. Ah, that was nothing. You guys hit the big time. You got Anna Mae Wong as a guest star. I remember the title of the piece. Not that there's anything wrong with that. No, we got lucky and caught her on the way up. That was before she really hit it big. Larry wanted her as the romantic lead in the picture, but the studio nixed it. They said there was laws that you couldn't have an Asian actress kissing a white guy on screen. I said, get this, fellas, we're white now. Whatever legitimate businesses you use for cover, I know you're creeping into organized crime, step by step, inch by inch, the numbers racket, 
the protection racket, the payday lending racket. What can I say? I'm a victim of circumstance. You can't even keep your front organizations on the up and up. How much did you have to pay to settle that fraud case with the Susquehanna Hat Company? You got us confused with those other guys. Don't give me that. It was your place on Bagel Street, right before it turns into Flugel Street. But forget all that. All I want today is your word, there'll be no further gang war. All this time I thought you was a crime fighter, Ziljan. Sounds like you're on Regina's payroll now. I'll take her down one day, and I'd be just as happy to take you down today. But I need to keep gathering evidence against you both. In the meantime, I don't want your gang war spilling onto Verf Street or Gaspacho Boulevard catching innocent bystanders. You want we should keep it east of Telegraph Road? I want you to negotiate with her so there's no more killing. Or if she wants payback for your gang attacking hers, then find a bloodless way to settle it. Think of how much cheaper it would be to just give her some money or give up a piece of territory instead of recruiting new gunmen or whole crews after you have a gang war. He's got a point, Jer. We give survivor benefits to spouses and families, and we pay their funerals. You should see the cost just for flowers, not to mention the charcuterie boards after the funeral service. All right, all right. Look, Ziljan, we're none of us getting any younger. I got another ten years, maybe twelve or thirteen, before I pack it in. Don't say that, Jer. You're healthy as an ox. Shut up, you. I'm realistic. I won't live forever. I might not even hold on to the organization my whole life. These mooks want to replace me with my brother, Sammy. If he won't do it, they'll get somebody like Besser or Joe Wardell. That's not true, Jer. If we were so power-hungry, why would we make one of those schlubs the leader? Because the rest of the organization knows you're good for nothing. They wouldn't follow your orders. It'd be a bloodbath within a week. But at least Sam or Besser or Joe would know how to keep things in line. We would never. I'd like to put them on a good path, make everything legit before I croak. But it's a big organization with a lot of moving parts. It's like they say about if I'm steering an aircraft carrier, I can't whip it 90 degrees to starboard. Slowly I turn. This gun in my hand is brought to you by the United States Space Force. We want you. Yeah, I want to be a space cadet. This is serious, Billy. I'm trying to record a recruiting spot for the U.S. Space Force. Why don't you call it the Rocket Patrol? That'll really get kids mailing their cream of wheat box tops to you. It's not called Rocket Patrol. It's the United States Space Force. It's an actual branch of the military. <laughs> Come on, Dad. My legs feel uneven now. Pull the other one. Bzzzt. I'm annihilating Red Martians with my Tom Swift electric rifle. You think that's funny, but the Tom Swift electric rifle, or Taser, is as real as the Space Force. Except it's usually a pistol. And it doesn't annihilate people. It's, it's a non-lethal way of keeping them under control. Or, you know, less lethal. Are they using it on pygmies like Tom Swift did in the novel? Uh, no. Dad, did you fall asleep reading Modern Mechanics again? None of those futuristic vehicles and weapons they show have been manufactured yet. You look around for where you can buy one, and you realize, poof, they're nothing but vapor. That's why they call it vaporware. If the voice of my firstborn son annoys you so much you want to leave the planet, hey. sign up for adventure at your local United States Space Force recruiting office. We now return to The Three Stugats, episode 68 of This Gun in My Hand. We're getting nowhere here in these negotiations, Ziljan. Why don't you walk back down those stairs before you have an accident and fall down them? If you want to fight, a fight is what you'll get. I thought you wanted a fight. Are you boys going to make me do all the work? I'm the only one wrestling here. I don't think you want to fight us, Ziljan. I don't mind fighting three against one. It's you guys who should be worried. 
You're all short, older than me, and not exactly in peak condition. You don't realize what you're getting yourself into when you unleash the beast. Are you afraid? Why, you- Come on, fellas. I'll murder him. You knucklehead. Who do you think you are? Come here, you. What's going on here? You boys Ow. are so loud I hey. couldn't hear the police radio playing in the reception area. I'd like to know what's going on here, too. They're so busy fighting each other they haven't laid a finger on me. They're doing my job for me. Yeah, this is the only way I get paid around here. I get them to start fighting, then while they're distracted, I clean out the cash from Jerome's desk. Just enough to cover my expected wages, mind you. What do you say that gets them to fight each other? That's easy. I just remind them of Niagara Falls. Niagara Falls? Niagara Falls! Ow! I don't take that from nobody. Ow! What's the big deal with Niagara Falls? I really don't know. Something about it makes them just as mad as picante sauce made in New York City. New York City? You knucklehead. No, 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 no. The Three Stugats, episode 68 of This Gun in My Hand, was clamped in a vice as it was crafted by Rob Northrup. This episode and all others are available on YouTube with automatically generated closed captions of dialogue. Visit thisguninmyhand.blogspot.com for credits, show notes, information on how to subscribe, and to buy my books, such as Little Heist in the Big Woods and Other Revisionist Atrocities. What will I deliver to you by French airmail? This gun in my hand.